The U.S. government claims that it does not want a new Cold War with China. Instead, politicians in Washington say that there is simply competition between the U.S. and China. However, if you look carefully at not only the words, but also the actions of U.S. politicians, you can see that they are waging a new Cold War against China. And the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, which has organized coups around the world and meddled in the internal politics of countries around the world, the director of the CIA has come out publicly and referred to China as the greatest so-called threat and the greatest rival to the United States. And the CIA has revealed that it has doubled its budget and created an entire mission center dedicated to countering China. Today, I'm going to review what we learned from a lengthy article that was published by the director of the CIA, William Burns. He discloses some of the strategies of the U.S. in this new Cold War. In fact, in this article, the CIA director blatantly said that the post-Cold War era is over. That is, he's acknowledging the fact that there is a new Cold War that the U.S. is waging, not only against Russia, but also against China. In this essay, the CIA director referred to China as the biggest long-term threat to the U.S., and he revealed that the CIA has been reorganizing itself to reflect that priority. He said, quote, The CIA has committed substantially more resources toward China-related intelligence collection, operations, and analysis around the world. The CIA has doubled the percentage of its overall budget focused on China in the past two years. And he said the CIA is hiring and training more Mandarin speakers while stepping up efforts around the world to compete with China from Latin America to Africa to the Indo-Pacific. And he said in 2021, the CIA set up a new mission center focused exclusively on China. And repeatedly in this article, he repeated again and again that China is the biggest so-called threat to the U.S. This is a clear message in the new Cold War. Now, if you know anything about the history of the CIA, this should be a rather concerning statement. The late journalist and historian William Bloom published a brilliant book called Killing Hope, U.S. Military and CIA Intervention Since World War II, and he documented the dozens of examples of the CIA meddling in the internal affairs of foreign countries and organizing coups d'etat to overthrow democratically elected governments. He created a map that shows the dozens of countries that have been targeted by the CIA's covert schemes. I also published a follow-up article in which I analyzed the data published by the U.S. government's Congressional Research Service, and it showed that as of 2022, the U.S. had launched 251 military interventions since 1991, and in the entire history of the U.S., it had launched at least 469 foreign military interventions. That data, that official U.S. government data, is as of 2022. The number has only increased since then.
So the point that I'm trying to stress here is that when the CIA director says that China is now the top so-called threat to the U.S. and its main focus, this is an actual threat to China. The United States is very clearly saying publicly to China by publishing this article in Foreign Affairs magazine, the U.S. is sending a warning to China and Washington, or rather Langley, is essentially saying that they want to change the Chinese government. Now, for people who don't know, Foreign Affairs is the official publication of the Council on Foreign Relations, one of the most powerful think tanks in the United States based in New York. It has a revolving door with the State Department and also with Wall Street. And it was essentially created, again, based in New York City, to create an umbilical cord between Wall Street and the State Department to coordinate economic and political policy. And speaking of revolving doors, William Burns, the current CIA director, was a longtime diplomat at the State Department, and he, for over 30 years, served in a variety of different positions, including at the end in the Obama administration, he was Deputy Secretary of State, making him the second in command of the State Department, and that was under Hillary Clinton at the time, who was the Secretary of State. And he also served in numerous other senior roles at the State Department. And as I'll discuss a bit later, he was the U.S. ambassador to Russia, which is very important because his article focuses a lot on Russia. And what this shows is that there's a revolving door between the CIA and the State Department. U.S. diplomats claim that they have nothing to do with the CIA and espionage and coup plotting, but there are many examples throughout history of so-called U.S. ambassadors actually serving as CIA agents. The most blatant recent example of this is that the U.S. ambassador to Peru, Lisa Kenna, was also a CIA agent. And perhaps it's not a coincidence that she helped oversee a coup in 2022 against Peru's democratically elected left-wing leader. So obviously the stakes are quite high. Now, getting back to this article in Foreign Affairs, I wanna analyze some of the main points and provide larger context. William Burns begins the piece stressing that espionage has been and will remain an integral part of statecraft, saying that the US is going to continue to spy on countries. And he said that the rise of China and also Russia pose daunting geopolitical challenges in a world of intense strategic competition in which the United States no longer enjoys uncontested primacy. So here he's, he's acknowledging, the CIA director is acknowledging that we are no longer living in a unipolar world like the United States maintained after the overthrow of the Soviet Union in 1991. We are now firmly in a multipolar world. And furthermore, William Burns pointed out that we are seeing a revolution in technology and in particular in industries like microchips, artificial intelligence, and quantum computing. I don't think it's a coincidence that he named those three industries because those are the three industries that the U.S. has targeted in China. The U.S. is waging a technology war on China as, and has imposed sanctions and export restrictions on Chinese tech companies in particular targeting semiconductors, microchips, artificial intelligence, and quantum computing, along with 5G. Now, this article is full of a lot of dramatic superlatives, 
this is the greatest, biggest threat ever in history. And William Burns wrote that the geopolitical and technological shifts that we are seeing today pose as big a test as we have ever faced. And again, he said that with the war in Ukraine, the post-Cold War era came to an end in 2022. So I take this as him acknowledging that the U.S. is waging a new Cold War. And again, not only against Russia, but if you read, you can clearly see that China is the main target. William Burns wrote that, quote, China remains the only U.S. rival with both the intent to reshape the international order and the economic, diplomatic, military, and technological power to do so. And he said that China's economic transformation over the past five decades has been extraordinary. So here, what he's acknowledging is that Russia is a short-term so-called threat to the U.S., but in reality, it is not the main threat. The main so-called threat is China. And what's interesting is he does talk about the proxy war in Ukraine, that the U.S., which leads NATO, is waging against Russia. But when he does so, he emphasizes that it's not simply about Ukraine and Russia. It's about the larger geopolitical situation. And he even wrote that the U.S. must continue supporting Ukraine in order to send a message to China over Taiwan. So he's clearly saying that the war in Ukraine is not about Ukraine. It's about U.S. imperial hegemony weakening Russia and threatening China. The CIA director wrote that, quote, the key to success lies in preserving Western aid for Ukraine. And he said that by supporting Ukraine, it, it provides, quote, significant geopolitical returns for the United States and notable returns for American industry. So here he's saying that, look, we don't actually care that much about the Ukrainian people. It is benefiting the U.S. empire and it is benefiting the military industrial complex. This has been the rhetoric of the Biden administration. Politico reported that the Biden White House has been changing its rhetorical strategy on Ukraine and pressuring members of both political parties to vote for continued military support and aid to Ukraine as a potential economic boom at home. That this is military Keynesianism. The US government is saying, look, we should continue selling more and more weapons to Ukraine in order to enrich the weapons manufacturers in the US, which provide jobs for US workers, creating missiles that are used to kill people. And by the way, on the subject of Ukraine, William Burns played another role that we should talk about. I mentioned that he was previously the U.S. ambassador to Russia before later becoming CIA director. And back in 2008, when he was still U.S. ambassador to Russia, William Burns published a bombshell U.S. embassy cable, which we have thanks to WikiLeaks. Of course, journalist Julian Assange, who created WikiLeaks, is now languishing in being tortured in a British prison, and he's set to be extradited to the U.S. for the rest of his life because he exposed these U.S. crimes. But in this confidential U.S. embassy cable written by the U.S. ambassador to Russia, William Burns, he titled it, Niet means Niet, and Niet, of course, means no in Russian. And it was, Niet means Niet, Russia's NATO enlargement red lines. 
In this cable, William Burns referenced the 2008 Bucharest Summit of NATO, in which U.S. President George Bush insisted that Ukraine and Georgia were going to join NATO, and numerous senior members of NATO opposed this, including Germany and France. They publicly opposed this very provocative call, which even the New York Times noted that would upset efforts to try to improve relations with Russia. So getting back to this confidential U.S. embassy cable, William Burns wrote very clearly that Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov and other senior Russian officials have reiterated strong opposition to Ukraine joining NATO, stressing that Russia would view further eastward expansion as a potential military threat. And in this 2008 embassy cable, William Burns, the current CIA director, he wrote, quote, in Ukraine, these include fears that the issue could potentially split the country in two, leading to violence or even some claim civil war, which would force Russia to decide whether to intervene. This is exactly what happened. William Burns, the current CIA director, back when he was ambassador to Russia, he knew that allowing NATO to expand to Ukraine would split the country in two, cause a civil war, and force Russia to intervene. This is all exactly what happened. And today, William Burns, as CIA director, is not only referring to Russia as a threat, but now referring to China as the top threat. When you consider this historical context of the U.S. setting off wars, and when you consider the threats that the U.S. is making against China over Taiwan, which is, according to international law, Taiwan is part of China. And in the 1970s, when the U.S. signed the three communiques, the agreements normalizing relations with China, the U.S. formally recognized that there is only one China and Taiwan is part of China. And yet the U.S. has been supporting separatist forces on Taiwan sending troops to Taiwan, selling billions of dollars of military equipment and weapons to Taiwan. U.S. officials like Nancy Pelosi have been visiting Taiwan. So the U.S. is clearly supporting separatist extremist forces on Taiwan, threatening China. And here you have the CIA director who was U.S. ambassador to Russia, who knew that U.S. policy would set off a war in Ukraine that would force Russia to intervene. And now, the CIA is threatening China over Taiwan. History is repeating itself. And by publishing this article in Foreign Affairs, the CIA is very clearly sending a warning to China, just as the U.S. was threatening Russia before. So it's not surprising to see the CIA director using the same rhetoric, but it is quite revealing that he says clearly that the U.S. must continue supporting Ukraine in order to threaten China. He said that the United States' willingness to inflict and absorb economic pain to counter Putin's aggression is only part of the strategy. He added, quote, continued material backing for Ukraine does not come at the expense of Taiwan. It sends an important message of U.S. resolve that helps Taiwan. And he also emphasizes in this article that the U.S. strategy is to create a network of allies and partners across the Indo-Pacific region in order to counter China. 
British state media BBC admitted this very clearly in 2023 in an article titled U.S. Secures Deal on Philippines Bases to Complete Arc Around China. And it noted that the new right-wing leader of the Philippines, Bong Bong Marcos or Ferdinand Marcos Jr., he allowed the U.S. military access to four more bases in Philippine territory. And the BBC referred to this as, quote, a key bit of real estate which would offer a front row seat to monitor the Chinese in the South China Sea and around Taiwan. And the BBC added that with the deal, Washington has stitched the gap in the arc of U.S. alliances stretching from South Korea and Japan in the north to Australia in the south. The BBC also pointed out that this is a very important deal and it reverses the U.S.'s departure from their former colony. So it points out that the Philippines was colonized by the United States. And I should point out that the current president of the Philippines, who is very anti-China and very pro-U.S., Ferdinand Marcos Jr., he's the son of the longtime former dictator, a brutal right-wing dictator, who is, of course, backed by the U.S., and his father, Ferdinand Marcos Sr., and his wife, so the current president's mother, Imelda Marcos, they were notorious for extreme corruption. They stole billions of dollars of money from the Philippine people. And the current president, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., has continued this legacy of blatant corruption. In fact, this January, he set off a big scandal in the Philippines because he used a presidential helicopter to attend a Coldplay concert. So these are the U.S.'s closest allies in the region that Washington is trying to use to try to encircle and contain China. The Japanese media outlet Nikkei reported that the U.S. military is spending tens of billions of dollars to build a missile network, an offensive missile network, along the first island chain surrounding mainland China. And it revealed that the U.S. military plans $27.4 billion in spending in the so-called Indo-Pacific theater to create precision strike missiles on the first island chain. This is a map of the first island chain, and you can see that it connects down from southern Japan, and that's why for the U.S. military, Okinawa is very important geostrategically for the U.S. empire. Going around Taiwan and going around the Philippines and down into Malaysia and the South China Sea and Southeast Asia, the U.S. is trying to use this region to encircle China militarily. And in fact, in a speech in 2022, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said very clearly that Washington's goal is to, quote, shape the strategic environment around Beijing. So when they say shape the strategic environment around Beijing, they mean containment. We are back to the containment policy of the Cold War. Now, returning to this foreign affairs article by the CIA director, William Burns, he acknowledges that one of the challenges in this new Cold War is that the U.S. economy is very deeply integrated with the Chinese economy. So he, his solution is to call for de-risking and diversifying. Now, many U.S. politicians have called for decoupling from China, but Many have realized that this is essentially unrealistic considering how much the U.S. relies on the Chinese supply chain. 
So much of the global supply chain is located in China, and the U.S. has deindustrialized while China has become the world's industrial superpower. In fact, I recently published a video explaining how China has become the world's industrial superpower. I will link to that in the description below. But William Burns's solution, instead of decoupling, is to de-risk certain strategic industries from China, especially the technology sector. And in this article, he acknowledges that we are living in an increasingly multipolar world. He refers to the growing weight of the so-called hedging middle, saying that it's growing. And he notes that countries across the global south are increasingly intent on diversifying their relationships to maximize their options. And he uses this ridiculous, you know, metaphor here, which is very cringe, honestly, coming from the CIA director. But he uses the comparison of open relationships. And he says that countries in the global south see little benefit and plenty of risk in sticking to monogamous geopolitical relationships with either the U.S. or China. More countries are likely to be attracted to an open geopolitical relationship status, or at least an it's complicated one. Again, cringe, but what he's acknowledging here is very important. This is the CIA director, one of the most powerful people in the U.S. government, is clearly stating that we are firmly in a multipolar world and most of the global south is neutral and non-aligned. They are not following the West. And on that same note, in this article, the CIA director repeatedly emphasized that while China and Russia consume much of the CIA's attention, they're also still active in other parts of the world with geopolitical significance. And specifically, he named Latin America and Africa. So we can expect that the long history of the CIA organizing coups d'etat and meddling in the internal affairs of countries around the world, that history is very much going to continue. And just as in the first Cold War, the U.S. said that the Soviet Union was the greatest so-called threat, today the U.S. says that China's socialist system is the greatest so-called threat to the U.S. And of course, China is not a threat to the people of the United States, not in any way. In reality, what this article shows is that China is the biggest threat to the U.S. empire, to U.S. hegemony around the world, to Washington's attempt to dominate the entire political system of the world and to dominate the economy of the world, to exploit the natural resources of countries in the global south, to exploit the low-paid labor of countries concentrated in the periphery of the world system. And so it's multinational corporations based in, in the U.S. can profit from that. China is challenging the U.S.-led imperialist system, and that is why the CIA has publicly stated that China is its top priority. It's why it's doubling its budget to focus on China, and it's why it's very important to focus on these geopolitical conflicts, to educate yourself, and to not be misled by Western government propaganda, which unfortunately is really regurgitated by the corporate media. That's why we here at Geopolitical Economy Report do the work that we do trying to provide better analysis to actually understand the important shifts that are going on in the world today. I'm Ben Norton, the editor-in-chief of Geopolitical Economy Report. 
If you like the work that we do, please like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, or if you prefer the podcast version, you can check out the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. And most importantly, if you like the work that we do, please consider supporting us. You can donate in several ways if you go to geopoliticaleconomy.com slash support. And the best way is you can go to patreon.com slash geopoliticaleconomy and become a patron. We are entirely independent. We rely on small donations from viewers and listeners like you. We have no institutional support. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Again, I'm Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. I will see you all next time.